Hello everybody, it's Gary Stuckey with Real Music. On today's show, I've got an awesome guest, my friend, Michael Sterto of the band The Guess Who. Though I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. <laughs> they got a brand new album out called Plain D'Amour. You need to check it out. We're going to talk about that album. We're going to talk about his work with Lou Graham. Yeah, he played guitar for Lou Graham. And uh, he's a big Journey fan, so we got to talk about that. And we just talk about everything. A nice chat. I think you're going to enjoy it. So here we go. Here's Michael Sterto. I've been friends with you for a little bit on uh, Facebook. You ever look at my posts and go, this guy's a weirdo. No, I actually enjoy your posts. I, uh, <laughs> okay, I was going to say. You come up all the time. But we got, I think we have a lot in common, too. It's, that's kind of cool. No, really. And we're going to talk about that, if you don't mind. You know, I hope you got six hours straight. No, I'm kidding. I'm here, but whatever you need, I'm here. Oh, awesome. No, but we we really do have a lot in common, uh, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, got so much to talk about. I got like a, a book full of notes because I don't want to leave anything out because I'm like, you oh, know, I didn't think were, I didn't think that there was that much important things to know to talk well, about. <laughs> you know what? I always pretend like there are. And I'm okay. Kidding. Good. You're good, man. You're good. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it look like you know. Okay. You're just the best thing ever. Thank you. No, but but honestly, that that is honestly what I do. I mean, I that's what I love about stuff like this. I haven't been doing these uh, zooms. I usually do it by phone, and uh, but I said, you know, it's it's better to see the person face to face. I said I should start doing these zoom calls, but uh, but man, I'm like I'm looking. I, I talked to uh, Joel Hoekstra. Have you ever worked with Joel Hoekstra before? I've never worked with Joel, but there's a there's a running gag going on at our expense that uh, that you never see Joel and I in the same room because we we have a similar look and we're both guitar players. And uh, I think one of these days that's going to come to roost. <laughs> it's the same guy. So we've already done this interview <laughs> a couple of days ago. Why this? What a waste of time, man! I'm kidding. Yeah. Hey, but. Uh, <laughs> I have a good friend here in Nashville that interviewed me for his podcast, and he introduced me um, as being from TSO and White Snake, and, and I was just it was it was rather That's humorous. Funny. That's <laughs> funny, man. Uh, but you know, it is true though, because when I think of both of you guys, like on the same kind of level, both uh, just tremendous, you know, awesome guitar players, nice guys in that same mode. You know, probably the most underrated, uh, like I told him the other day, underrated guitar players. Uh, people really need to think about that. The next time they see y'all play, they're like, these guys, like I told him, and I wasn't just trying to blow smoke or anything. I'm like, man, your name needs to be out there like, boom, this guy. Whoa. Yeah. You know, instead of sometimes people miss out on that, they see all, you know, the lights and the, you know, the, the maybe the lead singer or the, they get caught up in the moment of the songs, but sometimes, man, you gotta say that guy right there, man, that dude could play. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you. I think Joel is an amazing player. I, I really admire his uh, talent and, abil and ability and technique. is fantastic. I mean, he's a real deal, and and uh, you know, I I, uh, I can't say enough great about him. He's awesome. I love Joel. Yeah, man, that's that's awesome stuff, man. Uh, but yeah, these but the Zoom calls. I, I said, you know, the camera's supposed to give you like ten pounds. I think. When I was talking to uh, Joel, man, like like a frog or something, I'm like, "Geez, that's that's probably why I don't do the Zoom call." I'm like, <laughs> "The Zoom call adds twenty pounds," you know. And I and I said, you're, "In your voice, though," I said, "You know, I'm from Alabama. You you know, you you don't think you have this thick accent. You get on a Zoom call, you're like, woo wing, how you doing? <laughs> how y'all doing? <laughs> Bless your heart. Get some some vittles." <laughs> 
and we really don't talk like that, believe it or not. No, it's uh, true. It's true. But uh, you, but you, you're from New York, right? Originally. Yeah, so do you have? Where, where's your strong New York accent? Well, I'm from, I'm from upstate New York, Western New York, and Rochester. So it's not. You're yeah. not the. Yeah, and, and I think people pronounce that city different than than they ridicule me, Rochester. <laughs> That's my <laughs> Rochester accent coming out. So. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm from Rochester, New York, and uh, born and raised. And uh, yeah, that's that. Uh, Same spot as Lou, right? In fact, the irony of that is that we went to the same high school together. We lived in the same town, not at the same time because he's older than yeah. me. But but right. uh, we did go to the same high school. We we uh, ran the same streets and we lived in in the same suburb, little town of Gates, New York. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, you know, so that was just the sign back then that you were destined to play for the guy, because which that means I'm going to be playing guitar for William Lee Golden of the Oak Ridge Boys, because he's from right here in Brunel, Alabama. But so, he, he's actually one of my neighbors. He goes right up the street here. <laughs> Is that right? Go tell him I want to play. Yeah, I if it works for you, it works for me. I'm just right saying on, right he'll on. laugh. He'll laugh at that. Uh, but yeah, I that's that's really cool though we're going to talk about that too because i mean I'm, yeah. you know and, and let me just say this you know if you ever feel down and out you're having a hard day yeah. always remember you played for lou graham yeah. Yeah. You play, I, you're on the stage with lou graham. Yeah. you know and, and i know we talk about journey you know and, and lou graham is up there uh with steve perry in my book i mean just yeah. absolutely well, and like i said we'll talk about that but a man uh just unbelievable. Um, okay, I'm going to start off with a few questions, some random questions, okay? Are you ready for this? Uh, okay, David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar? Oh, wow. You know, both for different reasons. David Lee Roth, because he's the original, the OG, Sammy Hagar, because, you know, he lived in Rochester for a little while, too. And, uh, you know, he, he's a kind of a hometown guy and, 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 and a force all to his own, you know, he's Cabo Wabo tequila, <laughs> you oh, name it, man. The red rocker, man. The, I like so, it. so both. <laughs> Good answer. That's a safe answer in case, you know, they watch and they're like, Hey, that guy. I mean, but, but there were, there were two different eras of the band. I mean, David, the yeah. LR for the, for, for the introduction to that amazing catalog, but Sammy took it to another level and not necessarily better or worse, but I mean, it was a different band. It was, you know, just, you know, some arguably some people could say there was it was more commercial success. But, uh, yeah. you know, I love them both. You know, I, do. I mean, I, I'm leaning towards Sammy, but I mean, I'm just but I, I think that's just because, I, you know, when I started listening to Van Halen, that Sammy was there, you know, so it was kind of like I, I started listening to Van Halen right about the uh, uh, 1984 with the jump. You know, okay. right when he was leaving, I'm like, these guys rock, you know, so it was kind of like I came in and it was like Sammy. Uh, Sure, sure. So, um, where's one place you've never been that you'd like to go? Mm, Australia. Australia. Yeah. Crikey. Good day, Mike. Hey, that's good a good accent. It's a fake. <laughs> that's, that's pretty <laughs> down good. under. I live down under you, mate. Okay, that was terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was Forgive it. me. That was Crikey. There's some, there's some stuckies over there. I'm sorry. I'm from British. I'm British now. It's like Paul McCartney. Oh, okay. Okay, the beach or the mountains. Now you're you're close to the mountains, which I love up there yeah. in Gatlinburg. Yeah. Uh, so, would you prefer the beach or mountains if you wanted to get away for a while? 
oh man, probably the beach for like a day or two and then to the mountains after because I, there's things I like about them both. So another both answer. Hey, <laughs> it works for me. I like them both too. Uh, what's something that you can't go a day without? Coffee. <laughs> coffee. Gotta have the coffee. You gotta have my coffee. I don't know. You know, I like coffee, but if I drink too much, I'd be bounced off of a wall because I got like, you know, ADHD and stuff like that. I would be. I could drink a cup of coffee <laughs> and go to bed, <laughs> but I just love. Really? Yeah, I just love coffee. Yeah, it's good stuff. I will say, which I, I have a sweet tea. Right. right now, you know what? I'm enjoying a tea myself here. But cheers <laughs> <laughs> to you. Uh, I had a bunch of more in there. It's all good. Okay, now this this is something I've been thinking about. Now, what what was your first guitar that you ever had when you were younger? Well, first my, the first guitar I ever got was a uh, nylon string classical, really, really inexpensive one that I got uh, for a Christmas present after starting to play guitar when I was about, I don't know, how old are you when you're in eighth grade? You know, maybe like, what, 13, 14? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I received, and it was, it was, uh, the neck was wide, the strings were high, it was tough to play, but uh, I hung in there. <laughs> you, you know, which I play guitar, you know, that's my, I always give a plug, just uh, in case, you know, you might need me one day. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm just, no, I'm kidding. Or am uh, I kidding? <laughs> no, but, but really, uh, I read where Eric Clapton, though, he, uh, his fingers, you know, got so fast because he used to play on this cheap guitar when he was growing up and the strings were like the action was that yeah. high. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the same here. And it probably was for you too. When, when you're used to this crappy guitar, you appreciate it as a kid. You're like, I have a guitar, right. you know, no, no matter if it was from Sears or whatever, but it helps you with your playing. Cause when you get a nicer guitar, it's like, Whoa. Yeah, absolutely. I, play a lot better. Well, I was just so happy to get a guitar because I fell in love with the instrument and, uh, and I, and I took it everywhere I went. I, I mean, I, I never put it down. I mean, it's, kind of still the way it is now i mean i play every day um yeah. you're right though playing on a guitar that's a little bit tougher to play makes it a whole hell of a lot easier to play on one that plays well <laughs> yeah it sure does it's a world of difference uh what and you what do you play uh les pauls is yeah, that what I mean, you play? I'm, I'm primarily a gibson les paul player yeah and those are those are awesome guitars oh yeah uh, and especially i think from for rhythm uh, i think i'm thinking of the rhythm sounds uh when i play them but that's i like the sounds of those things sure sure you uh, can't beat it it's really it's a, it's a very robust thick full sound you know it's, uh, yeah it's solid for sure yeah um okay so let's get into the uh the the main part of this this conversation right. now uh you you joined the guess who what year was that that you started 20, with the 21 like in may june-ish Actually, the conversation started in around around May. Um, I received a call from Rudy Zarza, who was playing in the band at the time. Uh, they were looking for somebody. And I ended up uh, uh, playing my first show in June of 21 in St. Claude, Minnesota, my first show. Awesome. It hadn't been too long, which I guess, but really, when you think about it, it has been a long time. I mean, time has been flying, though, it seems like. But, uh, um, yeah, I remember... You know, when people think of the guests who a lot of times they'll think of the old days, if they don't really keep up with the band, they're like, you know, you don't really know who's in the band. And I um, I remember seeing Rudy in the band. I'm like, that's really cool. 
Rudy Sarzo is in yeah. the get who. And next thing I know, you joined the band. I was like, whoa. And it was really awesome to uh, to have y'all in there, you know, and to, to bring like a fresh sound to this band. Uh, Absolutely. And, but the, the new album, am I saying it right? Plain D'Amour, right? Plain, plain D'Amour. You got to say it with a French, yeah. French accent. You have to smile when you say it. Plain, plain, plain. Plain. Because if you say plain. plain both. They're plain. No, that's the wrong accent. Sorry. If, you say, if you say plan, that means map. And it's plein de more, plein, plein mm. de more. And it's, that means full of love. Full of love, that's right. I Googled that, by the way. Although I'm, I'm not fluent in French. Hey, but, you know, my great, let's see how it is. My great, great grandmother was from France. She oh, couldn't yeah. speak English. So that's where I'm from. There you go. So, it's perfect. so <laughs> I should know, I should, should have known that word, uh, those words. So, so why the full of love? Why, why was this album supposed to be the album? Full of love. Well, you know, it, there's a it's kind of a concept album, and the lyrical content and the vibe of it is just kind of kind of uh, uh, in the intent is what we came from coming out of the pandemic and being so divided. Um, we really felt as we reflected on that time that the world needed more love and more, co more cohesiveness. And we felt like that that was our mission to try to convey that in, in the ideas that were, that were floating around. And, and Derek Sharp, uh, uh, the lead singer of the Guess Who from, I believe, 2007 or 2008 and currently, um, you know, he, it was basically his con uh, concept. And he, he you know, presented these ideas to us and, and we were all on the same page. We really felt... I know I personally felt that the songs were fantastic. Um, I was excited and enthusiastic about it. And the message was perfect. I mean, if you think about it, without being political, which is tough to do these in these days, um, which is probably the biggest uh, culprit of the division that we're, we're living in, um, music was the thing we lacked the most during the pandemic and the lockdown. So, you know, you're at a concert and you're enjoying uh, music, you're not looking at the person standing next to you as being a person of color or a person of religion or have differing opinion. You guys are all rocking out and enjoying exactly. it. It's, it's, it's a cohesive consciousness of, of love and appreciation for music and, and, and all that brings that. So, you know, we really felt that uh, Plenty More Full of Love is really something that we really want to deliver and enhance and try to, you know, encourage people to be uh, uh, participating more of in these days that we're living in. So it was perfect. It was a perfect name. Um, all the, all the, the material lent to that. I'm sure you've listened to the record and yes. you can tell it's all an uplifting, positive uh, uh, reflection of uh, where we may have been and where we need to go more. Well, man, it's a great message, you know, and, and honestly, that's what I try to, to uh, project, you know, when I'm, talking about a band or, or letting people know about it. And it ain't just, you know, just about the band or the music, but when you have a message like that, people need to hear that, man. That, and that, it's a good, it I, just so happens though, that the, the album is just awesome. Okay. Uh, and uh, great guitar playing all the way through. And it fit, everything fits. Like it, it was like, this is made just for this, for this time. And it was just, just want to say that, man, not just lying and saying something you want to hear is I was like, Whoa. Um, I appreciate that. And, uh, but 
released a few singles what the king you know and I'm, I'm listening to these songs now it sounds like queen yep uh there's some foreigner in there i mean and, and i guess that's obviously because you played with lou graham is that did you find that too you got those little chunky little rhythms and just i don't know there's something about it man uh, you're not the first person to have said that um i don't think that that was uh deliberate or intentional um but there's been we there's been a lot of reference to that uh since the album's come out but what i can say is that it's a culmination of all of our influences and all all of our uh you know the bands we've enjoyed growing up and you know our goal in making this record when we entered the studio we had vinyl in mind we, we were thinking about recording oh, for yeah. vinyl so we recorded live off the floor um all the basic tracks were done together and um you know there's only eight songs on the record again throwing back to a time when vinyl was popular and we really wanted to make a great sounding record that represented and reflected on our influences and the things we grew up on and all the really 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 good qualities of the music that you know that we we remember and we're and we're and you know we were used to i'm um, not to say that music today isn't music coming out today isn't as good it's just that you know, like like Derek says, at our live shows, we, we we really grew up in the best time for rock and roll and for music. I mean, it, we win. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Winner. Hey, but, but the truth is that, I mean, whether people agree with you or not, that is, I mean, if you look at the music from the 70s or late yeah. 60s, 70s, 80s, yeah. just kind of throw them in together. But right there in the core of the 70s and 80s, it's just that strong uh, rock and roll sound. And this album, it sounds like it was recorded in 1975. I mean, if, if you, you know, you play it and you're like, if you, if somebody didn't know, they would swear that it was an older album. They're like, who are these guys? You know, but, but that is something to think about now um, with your sound. I mean, a lot of people, if some people are saying, I want to hear the guess who, they're going to think of the old guess who. Right. Um, but this doesn't sound like the old guess who, right? So, or what do you think? Well, I mean, Obviously, the guests who uh, are an iconic band, and there's a lot of people that are very, very attached to the, you know, to past lineups, the original lineup. Um, and I understand that. I mean, you know, we touched upon earlier when we were talking about Steve Perry. I mean, I love Steve Perry's journey. I mean, Robert Fleischman did a stint in the beginning and, and uh, very brief. And then, you know, Steve Perry came in and very much solidified it. You know, Steve left, and then you had Steve Algeri fantastic singer did a great job i feel like maybe he didn't get a, a fair shake because people were so attached to the steve perry era and then you know fast forward to now you have arnel pineda who is amazing it is an amazing job but look you know it, it, here's the here's the problem that happens okay you have, you have two choices that version doesn't exist anymore that right. version isn't recording anymore so you could have no guess who or you can have a guess who of today exactly. we've, we've decided to continue the legacy and keep moving forward and 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 present a uh, a new body of recorded work that we feel um is i mean it's what is it subjective to say it's better or worse i'm not saying it's better or worse but we feel that we're doing the the legacy and the reputation justice now Somebody else may have a differing opinion, and that's that's their uh, they're entitled to that opinion. Um, but you know, this is where we're at, and this is where we're going, and uh, this is the guess who in twenty twenty three. 
and take it or leave it. And, uh, you know, I've got the, uh, the journey and the Steve Perry channel, you know, and, and a lot of people are the same way, of course. And they go, no Steve Perry, no journey. Now yeah. check this out. I used to be that guy whenever, uh, I think it was in 98 sure. when they, you know, when Steve left and, uh, I heard, uh, I was at the mall and I heard this song come over the speaker. And I said, that's journey. No doubt. I know that's journey. Yeah. Oh, it was the song. Remember me with Steve Algeri. Right. But I couldn't really tell if it was, you know, which Steve you know, right. at that point, I thought he might still been with him. And I was like, Whoa. And I'm like, that's, you know, you know, at first I was like, that's not Steve Perry. But then after a while I was like, well, would you rather not have journey at all? If yeah. he's not playing the band, like you said, you want to continue the band. That's why I've appreciated every singer in the band because they brought their own version of journey. Of course you want Steve Perry. I'll say the same thing about Lou Graham. Uh, you know, yep. uh, I talked to Jeff Pilson and it was a big thing, you know, magazines about what he said about mm -hmm. people saying it's a cover band. You know, I, I, I mean, to a degree, I, I see people's point. Yeah. To a degree. But the thing is, you're carrying that legacy. And, of course, you've got Gary Peterson in there. Right. They had uh, uh, Mick Jones in there. And I've heard Lou Graham talk about it's kind of like a cover band. And I mean, to because he he's he is foreigner in my book. Just like Steve Perry is Journey. I get that. Yeah. But also of all the ones that, uh, you know, have come after that. So it's kind of like a two-sided uh, coin. But, uh, but I do say, I mean, have people though said this is a cover band you know and blah 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 well i mean there's always going to be people that are our pundits um look we we we're doing really 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 good now we're selling out most shows if not selling out close to it people are coming they're enjoying themselves nobody's complaining ever when they buy a ticket they come to our show there's nobody complaining so the way i look at it is pretty simple you can have no Enter whatever band, Foreigner, Journey, guess who, you know, whatever sticks. You can have no uh, version of the band or a current version of the band that's carrying on the legacy is playing. And the, the, the other crazy part about it is that there's some people that don't even know the difference. Uh, but I mean, Lou is very identifiable uh, for Foreigner. His voice is unmistakable. Um, he, you know, probably arguably one of the top three singers in all of classic rock, Steve Perry yes. up there as well. Um, yeah. You know, but, but to get back to, to get back to uh, our new record, I mean, the influences 10 CC, <laughs> ELO, Queen, you know, it just, it just goes on and on to, 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 to nod to all those bands from the past. And, and, and it's going to come out in our, in, in our compositions because that's what we were influenced by. And uh, you know, if, if those bands, still exist and they're outperforming today great i mean the other aspect of it you have to face too is the the aging you know the, these guys are getting old they're getting up there in age and we're losing a lot of these uh these icons and and are we replacing them at a rate that we're losing them i i don't think so and uh you know plan to more full of love go out and enjoy music <laughs> you know just just forget about the debate and just enjoy it you know what i mean go to a show go to a concert and, and Stop fighting. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, I agree. I think there's too much of that drama, too much of that. Absolutely. Like you said, appreciate the music. Uh, it, the music is great. Um, Thank you. But yeah, you've got a, what is it? The uh, headline song with the, the Crosby, Steals and Nash kind of a thing Ooh, going on. Got a vibe, uh, yeah. Right. Uh, you've got, now I was listening to, there was one song. I'm trying to remember what song it was. 
but uh, I don't know. It almost sounded like it had a little Queen vibe in there, but it had like a '80s rock kind of a, like a a Planet Mart that the like title track, like yeah, Tesla. Yeah, the title there. track is a little more a little more uh, of a rocker. Um, we yeah. felt we felt that as we were uh, choosing music and rounding out the recording session, that we needed a rocker, we needed an anthem, and uh, we needed something with a epic guitar solo, a la you know Freebird and Hotel California, and, oh, yeah. uh, and that's exactly what we 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 shot we were shooting for. And I think that I think we I, I think we accomplished it. We played that in our show. We're, we're actually doing four songs off the record in our in our live show, and um, and like I mentioned earlier, people are are absolutely thrilled and enjoying it and then it's being very well received and um and we do play the hits as well but uh that's the that's the beauty of the guess who is is it ever evolving it's a constantly evolving entity and it's this is the fifth uh uh successful recording version of the band that continues that's awesome um and it's also good uh that you have a great sound and, and the record doesn't suck. I mean, you know, you could be like, Hey, you know, we're, we're the, the guess who, and you come out and it's no good, but Hey man, it's good stuff. So um, we're, we're very proud. We're yeah. very proud of the way it came out. We're very happy with it. We're thrilled that it's being received well. And uh, I mean, what more could you ask for? Hey, I'm with you on that. I, I, you know, like I said, I've enjoyed every song and all the songs on there are great, but there's one song and I, and I post about it on, on social media um, and uh, that I just thought, now, I, I don't know, the record industry has changed, you know, how there's no Casey Kasem, you know, and now moving up three notches, is, you know, that was my Casey, by the way. But, uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, but there's no, they don't really put music out there. They don't promote it like they used to. There's no posters everywhere. So you don't have that kind of a feel where people are like, the new Guess Who album is out. But I tell you what, the song "People Around Me" that's our new that, should, that should be a hit. I mean, if if I if I had my way, because I'm just saying, you know, it doesn't have all the flashiness and all the strong, you know, heavy guitar. You know, it's just I don't know. It's something you were talking about earlier about the, you know uh, people getting along and coming together in peace, like living under the same sun, like it said, you know, and just experiencing life and and coming together, enjoying music. Don't matter what color you are, what religion, whatever. Pretty simple. You're just listening to some great music, and I think that kind of, this song kind of just represents the album, right? In, in my opinion, and and I just think it's a really good. It needs to be a hit song. If you know, I'm just saying, and I, I I'm do my best to try that to make it that. But I'm just saying, I, I want to tell people, hey, you need to check this song out because I really do like this song. Well, thank you, and and that is kind of the pinnacle of the message and. Uh, you know, the sun, the sun shines on everybody equally. It doesn't matter. And, uh, and, you know, think about it when it's sunny out, you're in a good mood and, you know, you feel good. And, you know, it's just, it's just a really, embod- it's in the embodiment of, of our message on this record. So I really, I really appreciate that. And, uh, and we've been hearing that a lot about that song as well. It's, it just got released as a, as a single in a video, uh, last Friday. And, uh, it's another song that we're doing in our live show as well. And uh, I'm really happy that uh, I'm really happy to hear that you really enjoy that. I appreciate that. Yes. Um, and the videos now, how, how did you come up with the videos and the kind of goofiness and fun? It's like you had a lot of fun. I wish I was there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're a pretty lighthearted, lighthearted bunch. And, uh, and we have a really good sense of humor. And we try to let that, you know, 
being in the studio and recording is one thing and then making the video is another form of expression where we get to let our personality show and uh and that's pretty much what naturally comes out i mean the directors we've worked with uh so far we've done four videos we've done a video for the king Glenn the moore headline and now people around me is the latest and Every director has been very, very receptive to our ideas as we have been to theirs and, and they're, they're getting the concept. And, and I think we're just our personalities. And that's just a way to sum it up is that that's who we are. And when we get behind the camera, when we get together, we enjoy each other's company. We're goofy. We're, you know, we're, we, we're lucky to be able to do what we do. And, 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 and that's our way of giving back to, to people for letting us do it. <laughs> well, I know they appreciate that. And I know that they enjoy the videos and I know they look forward to seeing them, you know, and, Absolutely. um, well, tell me about, uh, I know he's a character, uh, Gary Peterson. I talked to him a, a few years ago, man, we talked about everything, like every, and he's a knowledgeable guy Yeah, and, uh, and funny and just, uh, what, what was your take on him when you first got in the band and, and knowing that he's been there all these years, what does he bring, uh, to the band? Well, I mean, he, to me, he's the, the foundation that he's the, he's the, the bedrock of the band. I mean, he's, he's been doing it since the beginning. He's seen every incarnation. When I first met Gary, he was, he's wonderful. He was very accepting and, and we, we became friends really quickly. Um, and, you know, trying not to fanboy or, or geek out, you know, uh, but I mean, here's a guy who, you know, started playing drums when he was four or five years old and pretty much invented a style that was uh, um, appreciated and, and, and he's been cited as influences to so many players, Neil Pert being one of the most notable, you know, I, I can't think of being a big rush fan. I can't think of something that's cooler than saying that Neil Pert, uh, uh, idolized your playing, you know, and you influenced him. Um, Gary is just a, he, he's like the, the, the chairman of the board. I mean, he, he's up on the riser, he sees everything and, and, and he's the one that's guided this all these years. And, and he's the, the most enthusiastic about pushing the band in the direction that we're going in and releasing new music. I mean, because you think about it, 60 years, 60 plus years, he very much has every reason to, rest on the laurels of the catalog because the catalog is so iconic in and of itself. Um, but he keeps wanting to push. He keeps wanting to get better. I mean, he tells me he practices his drums every day. I mean, he just turned 78 and here's a guy who stays in the beginner's mind and continues to evolve and continues to push. I mean, in the studio, he was, you know, very attentive and very, you know, uh, um, very intricate about what he was doing and very involved in everything. I mean, that's, that's inspiring and admirable. I mean, I really have a lot of admiration just for the fact that he's such a student of his, his craft and he's still learning and he's still evolving. And it just really inspires me to become the best version I can. I mean, I'm honored to be his friend. I'm honored to be a bandmate. And uh, I, I feel, you know, very, very, um, very humbled that, that, that he's, um, that he's wants me to be in the band with him. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, and that is a humbling thing, like you said, because if a guy like that still learning, still practicing at 78 years old, yeah. maybe he'll maybe he'll figure it out one day. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. He's, no. He invented stuff. I mean, were, rock, when rock and roll was just starting, I mean, he was in exactly. uh, on the forefront of that stuff and he was kind of 
you know, I, I, I don't know how many people I talk to that say, you know, Gary is one of my favorite drummers growing up. I mean, he was such an influence. And if you listen to some of the old Guess Who records, I mean, he's a monster. Before we had Portnoy's and, and Neil Peart's and, you know, Virgil Donati's and, you know, monster players, you know, Simon Phillips. I mean, Gary was there, double bass in and, and, yeah. and with chops, you know, monster chops. And he's just, you know, but he also, he's a very, the one thing that I can say about Gary that I admire the most, he's a musical drummer. He's a very much song oriented he plays things musically he's just not yeah. you know he's not he's not just hitting drums for the sake of chops he's listening and he's playing musically you know he's like almost like a or an orchestra conductor back there exactly. so, those are the best kinds of uh drummers and musicians is the, the ones that do what the song needs instead of trying over playing or trying too hard just saying looking at me yeah. drummers sit way in the back yeah they're not usually known but like you said I went back even after talking to him and just, you know, listen to those songs. And you're like, you said, it's like, Oh, he was, he was doing some things that you hadn't heard anywhere else. And it was like these little builds on, you know, on the drums and really the background uh, to the songs. I mean, the intros on a lot of songs or the, it just, it, people need to go back and listen to those albums Absolutely. and listen to, to the albums now and appreciate everybody in the band i mean but 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 especially gary because he's been doing it for all these years man what a guy he deserves some recognition you know oh, some awards, you know and he's been overlooked a lot and i know that i can say this a drummer a, a, an excellent drummer a good drummer is very 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 important to a great song because they can take a song and elevate a song they can change a song for the better um you know i obviously can go the opposite way too but like I said, a good drummer can can enhance a song, and I think that if you listen to the the back catalog, I think that he may have been overlooked more than he should have been overlooked for his contributions to some of those uh, some of the hits that they put out in the past. I mean, he put a different drummer in that place, and it might have been a very different song. Yeah, like American Woman or something like that. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking of that song. You know, I'm like, whoa, um, and uh, yeah, such a talent, such a talent. Um, and Derek uh, Sharp, yeah, I saw somewhere D Sharp. I never thought about that. That's a cool name, D yeah, Sharp. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty awesome stuff. But his his voice now, and I know you, uh, when you're playing guitar and, and you're you're doing these solos, and and you know as well as I do, like with Steve Perry and, and Neil Sean, you mm -hmm. have to if you have a great guitar player, you have to have a great vocalist, and y'all two seem to have this you know, sound that, you know, ties itself together and it's a good sound with everybody in the band. I mean, it's not, but I'm just saying you, you have to have good people to play some strong uh, vocals and guitar to project those songs, but he does yeah. a great job. On Derek, Derek's amazing. And he's a multi-instrumentalist as well. I mean, he plays just about everything. Um, and he's an amazing guitar player as well. So I feel very fortunate to be able to be in a band with another guitar player that is as good as he is. Right. That, that's, that helps. <laughs> uh, but uh, let me, let me see. I'm, I'm looking over my, I don't want to forget anything. I got Hello. Take your time. It's good. But, uh, but speaking of Derek though, and kind of alluding to Steve Perry though, now he, he's married to Sass Jordan. Yeah. Right. Right. And she was on tour with Steve back in uh, 
94, 95, right? With the, for the love of strange medicine. Love of strange so, medicine. Right. So, Paul Taylor. Yeah. All those guys. Yeah. That's right. So, I mean, I, I'm sure she, she knows Steve very well. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. That's a little interesting side note there. And Todd, who was playing bass, I believe for Steve back then is now in journey. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of tie-ins, you know, and that's, that's what I was thinking about with, um, when I was talking uh, to Joel, you know, you leave this band, this person goes to this band. It's like playing musical bands and everybody's played with this one. This one was in this band and this one was in this band. And it's just cool how many people have worked with so many artists. I'm sure you've worked with a bunch over the years, right? Absolutely. Well, interesting fact about Sass and Joel, Sass and Joel played in New York on Broadway on a Broadway play called Love Janice. So they have, they have that connection as well. Ah, well, it's like the what is seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> hey, Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon's wife, uh, what's her? Kara Sedgwick is my like eighth cousin. I looked that up, believe it or not. So I'm one degree separate, then yeah, one eight instead of seven. I'm closer, I'm closer <laughs> than that. I'm just saying, hey, does he bring home the bacon? Absolutely. I'm sorry, she fries I'm sorry. man. Hey. <laughs> exactly the dad (laughs) jokes hey i have a bunch of them i have the 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 quirky you know if people don't like that they don't need to watch this i'm just saying much to the chagrin of my children i i am the 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 brunt of of bad dad jokes i tell them all the time and they get the (laughs) really dad (laughs) what can you say you you got a daughter i have a daughter and a son i have a 19 year old son and it's almost a 16-year-old daughter who's almost 17. But at that age, you're pushing it so fast that you already are 17. And I'm I'm trying to go the opposite way of where I'm headed <laughs> age-wise. <laughs> Keep doing it. Keep going. I uh yeah, my daughter is 17. So that's the you know, or does your daughter my daughter likes to sing? Does your daughter is she uh oh, into music and stuff like that? She'll be looking for her one day, right? Yeah, well, I, I'm not sure if they're my kids, my both my kids are musical. They both sing and play guitar and piano and all that stuff, but I don't know if they're pursuing it professionally, which I don't know if I would encourage them to or not, unless they're really passionate about it. But they they have this this blood harmony, this Everly Brothers thing going on when they sing. It's chilling. Um, And they both don't realize how talented they really are because they're not very serious about what they do. But they are very, very talented. And uh, but they're, they're in an interesting place in life where they don't realize that. So they're, I think they're enjoying it more versus putting any kind of pressure on themselves. But, but so to answer your question, they're very, they're very musical. They're very, they're very uh, talented. Well, that's good. I mean, like that, maybe that next generation of people, you know, and that's what I love about a lot of artists like uh, Wolfgang Van Halen, you know, he's not doing what his dad did. He's doing his own thing. They need that. Uh, Sammy Hagar's son, Andrew, you know, you, you just, you're doing stuff on your own. You're not sounding like your parents, but you're the next generation. There needs to be a lot more of that. Otherwise, like you said, we're not going to have anybody. Rock and roll will not be here anymore. So there needs to be a new generation uh, rising up and playing, you know, right? Right, man. People got to get their faces out of their damn phones and, and get an instrument. It really is. It, it's just, I don't know. I, I think that they need to recapture that magic of the old days of, and I, and I think, like you said, the phone is to blame. A lot of preoccupied, you know, they're preoccupied with different things. And, and you know, when people were just focused on different 
issues, stress and life, you know. Remember back in the day when you were younger, you didn't worry about anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And you loved the people around you back then. Hmm. Wow. You really do. I mean, I mean, and you know what? And seriously, that that song though, bringing that to light. I mean, it's kind of like people forget. I mean, a lot of people say, "I wish we can go back to the old days of." Well, oh, you can, if you'll stop all this. Put you the know, phone down. Step away. From, step away from the phone. Step away from the division. Absolutely, man. I agree with you. And I think maybe that's you know that maybe that message will be carried on, and and uh, when people will. Uh, We'll hear that message through this album. I think they will. Uh, I hope so. And it, it's a lot of good stuff. Um, but uh, no, y'all, y'all been playing. Are you on a break right now? With yeah, uh, we have, we have, yeah, we got a couple weeks off. Yeah, we're getting ready to head into the bulk of our of our season. Uh, that's it's getting, getting ready to go sideways. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I noticed on the uh, the tour page, the calendar, you're going to be in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, in April. So yeah. I might have to come to that. Well, let me know. Let me know. I will. I'll, I'll go backstage and eat all your M&Ms and whatever <laughs> they have. <laughs> <laughs> it just happened to us in a show in Wisconsin. We were we were playing an outdoor amphitheater and uh, three songs in the weather, uh, there was lightning. So they decided to hold the show for a half hour. And then another cell front started coming through and, and they just canceled it. And our there was a holding area behind the stage where we were using as one dressing room and then but our hospitality and everything were in another building and when we went back there they were all sheltering people in place and we, you know, <laughs> we got back to nothing <laughs> where's my sub sandwich <laughs> much to the chagrin of the promoter the promoter was 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 so embarrassed but you know in the grand scheme of things the people needed to get somewhere where they were safe i mean it got really bad and uh and if that's the worst that could have happened, you know, everybody lived and they, they, yeah. they drank some good wine and ate some good food. <laughs> I mean, that's an experience they can tell their grandkids, yeah. you know, I pushed the guess who out and, you know, and I stole their food and we didn't die at a, yeah. a tornado. That's right. That's right. But that, but that, but that does show you the kind of people you have with you that not, you're not going to say, get out of here. We got, you know, this is our stuff, you know, right, don't right. kill your car. You know? Right, exactly, exactly. But okay, so now uh, let's go to another uh, section. Okay, I, I've got these little sections in my okay. interview here, but I like, uh, I like it. Um, Lou Graham, though. Now I know when you were younger and you're listening to Foreigner mm -hmm. on the radio, especially the Mick Jones and Lou, and, and just that sound, that oh, yeah. awesome sound, that first album they had. You're like, yeah. and you're like jamming out you never think I'm going to be playing with Lou Graham one day. No, no, I, I right. not in my wildest dreams. Um, you know, when the first foreigner record came out, I mean, I was, I was really in the journey back then. I, I wasn't a foreigner fan per se. Um, I am a Lou Graham fan because he came from the same town and, and, you know, our families knew each other and, and, you know, I, I his nephews and his, his boys, I was friends with growing up. Um, and then when I, when I, when the opportunity came up, well, let me back up a little bit. So when four or four came out, I mean, I remember him coming into a, um, a grocery store that I worked at and, uh, he must've been home on break. And, uh, and that was my first encounter with him face to face. And I recognized him immediately because at that point, four or four was, was humongous. I mean, I, I mean, that was probably the pinnacle of, of, or 
part of the pinnacle of their career. And I got to meet him, but never in a million years did I think that I would have an opportunity later, several years later to play with them. But uh, I was fortunate enough to have that opportunity um, and uh, very grateful for the experience and the opportunity because, I mean, he took a chance on, you know, uh, uh, somebody from Rochester, from Gates to, to play guitar. I mean, obviously he needed a guitar player um, and he could ask anybody to play guitar and he, he took a chance with me and, you know, I, I spent several years with him and I, and I think that we had a really, really good time together. And, um, you know, another person who honored to call my friend and, and uh, I became, because I, I, I truly believe that we became friends in that time. It wasn't so much of a working relationship, but, um, you know, amazing singer, amazing human being, uh, extremely humble, um, family guy, uh, real easy to work with, uh, generous. I, I can't, I can't sing enough praises about my time with, with him. And, and I'm very, very grateful to have, have had that opportunity. Wow. I bet. Yeah. Um, but I guess it helped that you were from the same town to get the gig. Right. So how, how did that come to, did somebody say this guy is from, he lives right up the street there. You might as well just let him play with you. I'm not really sure that, that that played a factor it may have i mean I, I can't say it didn't but one thing that i i know that was a prerequisite was uh, of you know somebody who sang as well so fortunately for me i i i do sing and and i i checked the boxes that he was looking for and uh and obviously he kept me around so i must have been doing something right <laughs> exactly oh there was there was something on youtube like a little clip I think you and Lou were playing live somewhere and you had your acoustic out. Yeah. And uh, you were playing, you were basically, basically the band and yeah. you were harmonizing. You were, you know, you were doing all the harmonies. I was like, man, that needs to be done a lot. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's set simple with acoustic guitar. That just shows you how good you are and how good he is that you, you two guys were doing that sound. I was like, man, I was blown away. Yeah. But great job on that. Whatever that was, I, I don't know. But it was, it wasn't like a big arena. It might have been yeah. smaller. Yeah, those were those were uh, those were events to support when his book came out when he released his okay. book. And um, you know, the beauty of those is just what you said. I mean, it really showcased what a powerhouse vocalist he is. I mean, to me, I, I felt that it 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 um, it was a really really great uh, environment to really, you know, show his vocal prowess, you know what I mean? And to break it down and show how good the songs were, the compositions, I mean, and it's ironic too, because when he approached me to do that, he picked a lot of the keyboard oriented songs. And I was like, oh man, you know, I'm just guitar and, and, and voice. This is going to be a challenge, but you know, I, I embraced it. And, and uh, I think we were both surprised how, how good it sounded. But I think what really comes down to is the songs are so well written. It didn't matter. Uh, it didn't matter, you know, if it had, you know, a full band or just an acoustic guitar and a voice because, you know, he's able to, he could probably sing the phone book and it would sound great. But I, uh, I, I it was a treat for me. I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is just sitting and listening to him and tell the stories he was telling about the songs. I mean, that probably one of the highlights of playing for myself, playing with Lou is doing those acoustic shows and, and him sharing the stories. Cause he would do a lot of storyteller uh, cause it was all about his book. He would, yeah. he would elaborate on some of the stories in his books or uh, tell stories about the songs that, 
you know, when they were in the studio writing them. And those are really cool. I mean, those are uh, really interesting aspects that you don't always hear about. So it was like having a front row seat for myself. <laughs> <laughs> for real. I mean, you know, what better place to be than right there? I mean, uh, but, you know, I was thinking back to when he left Foreigner the first time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and what he had a he had a tumor. Yeah, and, he had, he had a and just and I remember thinking, man, you know, praying for this guy, you know, and you and it didn't look like he was going to it, it looked like he would live, but it didn't look like he would come back because I knew he had gained a lot of weight. He couldn't speak right. Right. Didn't he have to relearn some of his uh, singing and stuff like that? A lot of the treatment post-surgery uh, affected his physical condition. But what really needs to be focused on is the comeback. And it's really re remarkable. And there's another situation too. It's like he caught a lot of flack during that period. And it really bothered me, um, you know, being his friend and, and bandmate, it bothered me because again, we could have been in a point in life where we had no Lou Graham. I mean, he would have been gone and it would just be a bit of memory, but he persevered and he's a, he's a true survivor and a success story of somebody who overcame the ultimate challenge. I think at one point, I think doctors told him to go home and get his affairs in order that they couldn't do anything for him. And, and, you know, through, through divine intervention, you know, the, the, the power of, of, of prayer and God almighty, he, he was, he was blessed to, to be here because obviously his work here is not done. And, uh, and, and he sounds great today. And, and I know playing with him, he sounded amazing. And I'm grateful that, the Lord spared him and, and kept him here with us because, you know, he, he's, he's definitely a blessing to all of us. I mean, he's a, he's a true, he's one of my heroes. And he's a true icon, um, uh, icon vocalist. I know that when I meet people and, and they find out, they learn that I had played with him and spent some time they're they're just as in awe as I was <laughs> of, for having the opportunity. They're just in an, just as much awe you know, uh, and he is really a miracle and, and should be, it, it should be conveyed more. And it's not should be conveyed of his, uh, the, the, the perseverance and the over how he overcame all that. And he's still here and he's doing great. And he's still out there, you know, blessing us with his voice and his catalog. So. Sure. I, I'm, I'm in all too. And I, but like I said, I remember those days, I remember praying for him. I remember, yeah. uh, I think, I'm, I'm talking to John Schlitt of Petra next week oh, and cool. I know he, he had, he had sang with him and I was thinking this guy's been through a lot of stuff, you know, and he's, you know, and it just didn't, it didn't look good, but you kept on believing. But like you said, the doctors are saying one thing and you didn't hear, you know, back in the day, you didn't see, you didn't have social media where you could find out how he's doing. And I'm like, how's he doing? And next thing I know he's back, you know, and he gained some weight, you know, and, and I'm thinking, man, he's, he's, he's back. You know, and it, like you said, he just overcame a lot of stuff yeah. that to me now, his vocal, you know, ability is up here, but his ability to come back is also up there. I mean, that's to me, that's like the ultimate jukebox hero. And yeah. and by the way, I would love to have him right here. I wonder if anybody could help me with that. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, no, you but it was get him on your show. Yeah, but. Uh, but I think he's he's busy or something. I actually reached out to some people and I think he's some he doesn't do them while he's on the road or some certain time or something like that. But I don't know. But maybe one day I hope. Um, but yeah, one of my all time. I mean, like I said, Steve Perry. People always say I'm the Steve Perry journey guy. Me but too. I've honestly thought about doing a uh, 
Lou Graham page. I mean, because that's how much I love that guy. Absolutely, and it's a testimony. Uh, his his comeback is a testimony. That's just the testament to his perseverance, uh, his integrity, his character. I mean, you know, thank thank the Lord that we still have him and and Steve Perry. I mean, those two guys right there. I mean, Steve Perry, and when he sings, and you probably can attest to this being a big drink. <laughs> There's something yes. about there's something about Steve's voice that that digs down deep into my into my soul and into my sure. heart and, it, and really moves me to the point of uh, of it's it's hard to explain but I mean Steve he needs to be singing <laughs> where are you Steve <laughs> we're we're gonna yeah we're gonna start this thing you know uh, to get him back out there and sing it um but now we're going to the next stage of yeah because when I, I think when I first um, became your friend like on Facebook you had mentioned that you're like the biggest Steve Perry fan ever you know and um and I when I was younger though when I heard now I, I was I don't know a little kid uh my dad uh was a DJ and he played Love and Touch and Squeeze and my dad knew that was the first song for me Sam Cook was his uh, favorite one of his favorite singers so he's like this guy sounds like Sam Cook I yeah. like that song. so I'm like I like this song too but yeah. then I got an album called escape yeah and uh i thought man yeah it was a game changer or like the best ever every song was different but every song was powerful um my favorite album what's your favorite journey album wow man so i mean when i first love and touch the squeeze in city of the angels with my introduction uh so that was evolution and i mean i i i started there and then kind of went back and forward. Um, my favorite journey record, believe it or not, is the live record captured. I mean, that, to me, that was, that was one that really kind of was a broad scope of, of where, where, had, where they had been before Escape. And then when Escape came out, I remember anticipating that. And I remember putting it on, I bought the vinyl, I put it on and I was just like, this is so different, so different from, from Journey. And because obviously you had John Kane. Uh, joining the band and injecting a whole another uh, element into the band. But looking back at that record <laughs> ended up being probably the, the, the biggest, you know, most successful record for them, but it changed sure. the course of where they went. I mean, even after that, you know, um, frontiers was, was a little bit edgy and a little different, um, you know, and raised on radio was kind of, you could see things where things were going at the time, you know, and it, it wasn't as, it, but, but it was still, I mean, I was still grateful to have, you know, those, that, those records. Uh, but I think captured was, was really the one that, what, that did it for me, but not only Steve Perry's voice, but Neil, I mean, his playing, I mean, he, he's like my number one, my biggest influence. And uh, it's funny because I was listening to Santana when I was a kid with uh, my parents, with their record collection. And I didn't realize I was listening to Neil <laughs> before I even knew it was Neil. And, and right. And you mentioned Eric Clapton earlier. My dad's favorite guitar player was Eric Clapton. And so that was Neil's favorite guitar player. So it's just weird how these circles, you know, Jeff sure. Clapton, Eric Clapton, all that, that stuff that surrounds us. But, um, you know, Neil was such an influence to me. But the two of them together, Steve Perry and Neil Sean, there was something magic about the two of them that when they, when they composed music, I mean, um, you know, I, I remember being doing shows with with journey when i was playing with lou and being in the arena before soundcheck when journey was soundchecking they played winds of march and oh, yeah. uh, and and you know just listening <laughs> to that in my own private concert obviously it wasn't my own private concert but in my mind it was um 
because it was the doors weren't open yet. But just hearing that was just so emotional because those original recordings, you know, Steve's voice and Neil's playing, I mean, really, really struck me at a time in my life when I was growing up and 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 uh, really resonated with me. So that that that, that the elements of Steve Perry, and Neil Sean, uh, the two of them collaborating is just there's I mean, I don't even know how to quantify it. It's just for me, it was big. I just I call them the dynamic duo yeah. because yeah. and the thing is, I don't think there's anybody else except those two that were so the voice and he called his he called magic fingers. Yeah. And those two together yeah. just fit so well. I and mean, when I heard Faithfully, yeah. that's my favorite journey song. Yeah. It, it was like a spiritual thing. It was like that's that's real. This is He's he's doing the woe to the and Neil's playing. Dee, nee, 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 oh yeah, and yeah, the words yeah. and the drums and the everything about that song, just talking about chills. You know, it was just like it was like a spiritual thing. But it was like I was like, man, I don't think there's a more perfect song ever because. But but back to Lou. I mean, on I want to know what love is. Chills there too. Right. And there's some spiritual aspects. I'm just saying, I, it's just a when songs reach you like that you've done your job you know and, and right place right time and, and lou and mick i mean mick jones and lou graham i mean undeniable as well i mean the the two of them i i, I couldn't argue uh i'm just glad that they got together i'm glad all four of those guys found each other when they did because it uh it, it's really leaving left an indelible mark left an indelible mark on on uh on the world and thankfully sure. thank god thank god thank god for those guys <laughs> they're the best i mean uh i remember when uh lou was out of the band he got back together for the uh, uh the very best and beyond i think it was in yeah. 92 and uh they were on uh regis and kathy lee i remember that episode yep. and he gets out the guitar he's on the piano but he also gets the guitar and they're doing the songs just like y'all did yeah. And it was just so, I was like, whoa. And yeah. it was magical. And when Lou would sing, you could see just fire in his eyes. You know, he just yeah. had that power. I'm like, man. But same way, though, with Steve and, and Neil. I mean, I, that's why those two guys uh, are my faves. I mean, you can't deny that they're the best. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll argue that with anybody, those two Absolutely. guys. And I believe that that dynamic between them, personally, which – I can't really speak to with knowledge, but from what I've read and, you know, what has been out there, um, there's been some tension, but I believe that tension is what brings great art sometimes. I think, you know, you can't be all, you know, kissy face and happy, happy all the time. I think that, uh, that little bit of edge really brings great art. So thankfully, uh, thankfully they were able to, to, to capture that. And when they did, so timing, it's a perfect timing. They were, they, they were interacted. They, they crisscrossed the perfect time, everybody. Sure. Um, do you think that Lou will show up on this final tour with uh, with Foreigner, or do you think? I have no idea. No I idea. I do. Uh, I'm just throwing it out there. But uh, hey, but but talking about Journey, now, let me throw this at you, okay? Yeah. The ultimate dream, okay? You played with Lou Graham. What if out of the blue, Steve Perry announces his residency in Las Vegas, and he needs a guitar player? You know, <laughs> Lincoln Brewster is is on vacation somewhere hey so he needs his guitar player and you get a phone call it says hey i want you to play guitar for steve perry in las vegas what do you say 
<laughs> what do you what do you think i would say <laughs> of course i know what you say hey but i mean you know i i believe all things are possible but i did you know but that just that's crossed my mind when i was thinking about this interview i was thinking that would be the perfect guy oh. to do, to do it man i think you would you fit i mean you fit as as good as you did with lou i'm thinking but you I'm, i don't know it's like you fit the style like you said uh, that Gary does with his drums. You do that with guitar. You didn't overplay on songs. You could. You could have been going Van Halen on some of those songs, but it's like you you did what it took, but it made it so much more powerful, I think, when you do your own thing. But like with Steve, and think about this, your love for Neil Sean would shine through. Oh, yeah. And obviously that's what uh, Lincoln Brewster did. I mean, he sounded very close to, uh, awesome. to Neil. Lincoln's right? Good. Lincoln did a great job and he's an amazing guitar player in his own right. Um, sure. What a dream gig. I mean, what a dream gig. I mean, I, I, I probably would, the phone would ring. I'd see the caller ID and I would already be at the airport. With my bags back. <laughs> he'd be, so, he'd be there. He, he, you walk in the door and he'd be like, hell, I just yeah. hung up with you. I'm here. I'm here. Here we go. <laughs> I, I always said now, I, I mean, you know, if I could just be there, I mean, I, I play, I play uh, instruments too, but if I could just be there in, in a setting like with Steve, I don't have to play anything. You know, I would it, just to experience that, to be there for that. I, that, that was my hope during like the, uh, the rock and roll hall of fame. Everybody wanted yeah. him to sing. They yeah. still want him to sing. And of course I do videos and I'm saying there might be a chance. You're saying there's a chance. Yeah, you, right. know? But, you know, at this point, I think the bucket list for me, is just to meet him, just to shake his hand and tell him thank you. Just because of every the body of work he put out and, and the impact it made on me, that would be good enough for me just to shake his hand and, and let him know how much I appreciate what he's done and who he is and 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 thank him and hoping that he was going to be live up to the expectation because they say you don't want to meet your heroes, <laughs> you know. But I would take a chance on that one. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, uh, just to shake his hand and say thank you, that would be a great pocket listening for me. But probably if I had an opportunity to, I mean, to to play with him, I probably could, uh, I don't want to say it, die a happy man. <laughs> It'd be quite the, quite the Cinderella story. I don't know. Yeah, if right. I, I don't even know if it's possible. I don't even know if it's something that would, that would be feasible. But uh, I like your thinking. <laughs> So when it does happen, remember me, and I'll go. I, I want to be there. Uh, whenever right on, man. You got it. I promise. <laughs> well, uh, besides uh, the guess who and everything like that, what what you know, you work on your own stuff. I mean, what all do you do in between, like musically, and uh, you know, in between your your gigs and everything? Yeah, you know, I've been uh, working with uh, an artist here, a new artist that's uh, un undiscovered. Uh, by the name of Riz, and he has this project called Riz and the Believers, and it's it's like a uh, reggae, beach, island music. It's really out of out of my comfort zone, my wheelhouse. But one of my friends, Troy Laquette, has been producing it, and he invited me um, to play on a track, and I ended up playing on the entire record, um, which hasn't been released yet. But we did just shoot a video for the first single, and it had uh, several notable players out there peter keys from leonard skinnard michael devon was there uh myself mm -hmm. troy 
uh, Troy Lakeda Jr. and uh, John Salloway, who's a, an amazing artist here in Nashville, solo artist. So that's been an interesting project that I probably would have never imagined being a part of if, if it wasn't for uh, uh, moving to Nashville and, um, you know, and, and being friends with Troy, being the producer of the album. Um, I do a lot of writing myself. I mean, we're, we're actually talking about another Guess Who record um in the in the next coming year so we're starting to write idea you know come up with ideas for that um but i'm always i'm always dabbling in things um you know trying to keep myself busy and much like gary you know i'm playing every night i have a guitar in my hand every night no matter whether i'm you know on the road in my hotel room or you know I, especially off stage i mean I, I i try to play and try to be creative and just let the music you know come naturally and you're surrounded. I mean, you're in right there in the middle of Nashville there. Yeah. Uh, you've got all these people you could work with. I'm sure you've got ideas and things like that. That's what's so cool. Uh, I went up there a few years ago and uh, I want to go back. It's always you got to make time to go and do all this stuff. But I mean, just Absolutely. such a fascinating uh, a friend of mine was playing up there. Uh What's the place? It was beside the Ernest Tubb record store. There's a place. It's like a, got a green sign. What is that? Western World, Robert's Western World. It's right beside there. It's like a bar. And upstairs, he was playing somewhere upstairs, right yeah. past there. And uh, it was my first experience like that. It was just so cool. It was like an amusement park. It was every, people was nobody was driving. There was all walking everywhere, yeah. and it was it was like an adventure land. And yeah. for me you know, love and music. I was like in heaven. It was like everywhere you walk, somebody was playing music at some place or there was this Elvis statue, the yeah. microphone broken right. off or something. Right, right. In the middle of the but I'm just saying it was just so cool to be, it was like, I think you're in a good spot. Uh, it's pretty incredible. Right. I don't go to, I don't go to Broadway a lot um, unless people come into town to visit and they want to see Broadway, but I did, um, I played the Ryman for the second time since I've been here with the School of Rock. I did a benefit with the School of Rock here that I'm involved with that organization. Um, I did a charity fundraiser there. And then um, I actually went to the Opry for the first time. Oh, cool. I don't know why I haven't gone previously and I plan on going repeatedly because it was amazing. It was like, yeah. I remember, it was like growing up as a kid and Saturday night watching, you know, Hee Haw or, 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 or whatever the music show that was on, you know, when we had three channels, it was phenomenal. I, I, I really enjoyed myself. It was, it was just very, very cool. Yeah. That's, that's a place I'd like to go to is, is, uh, the Opry and, uh, what well, there's a lot of places I like to go to, but yeah, that, that's gotta be fascinating when you're a kid and you get to see all this stuff. Um, but I won't keep you or anything, you know, cause I could talk all day and forever. Right. Right. Uh, but, uh, but I do appreciate, you know, dude, like I said, I, I haven't talked to you like this, you know, you always see people on Facebook and you kind of talk, you know, right, like right. typing, but it's cool to, to, to see you, you know, I had to do it again. Absolutely. Likewise. Um, Anytime. This is great. Um, you know, just, uh, I'd like to also just to mention, you know, where people can get the record and, and, sure. uh, and so you can either go to our website, the guesswho.com or go to Deco Entertainment. Um, and it's also available wherever Amazon, wherever you stream records, wherever you buy records is available everywhere worldwide. Uh, plenty more. And, um, 
you know, in the videos on our YouTube channel, the, uh, I think it's the Guess Who TV or the Guess Who official. I probably should know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> if, you go, if you go to our website, it'll take you, the guesswho.com will take you to all those places. You can check out the videos and download, stream, and and uh, and uh, listen to people around me, our latest single. It's, uh, it's, it's one for the record books, according to you. <laughs> hey, let it be said. And really, though, they really do need to check it out. You know, sometimes you promote stuff and you say, you know, I'm not getting paid for, you know, he's, you're not sending me money going, say that it sounds great. You know, but yeah. I mean, but that's what I do. I, I really do listen to the music and I go, you know, that's good stuff. And, uh, and my hope is everybody does check out your album uh, with the guess who, because they would be missing out if, if they didn't listen. And I, that's my hope is they give it a chance. But uh, I appreciate that. Gary. That's very, very kind of you. And I, and I appreciate you having me on. It's good to see your face. Um, you know, my fat like- face. Well, just instead of being just a profile picture, you know what oh, I mean? Um, yeah. It's good to listen, you know, just to chat, chat a little bit and, and uh, you know, and talk about things we have in common and, and having me on your show as a guest. I'm honored to be here as a guest and, uh, you know, I'm, I hope to come back. Hey, if it's up to me, you will. You may think this guy, I'm glad I got off this thing for you. No, not at all. Not at all. As a matter of fact, uh, when we come to Mobile, uh, make sure you uh, make sure you reach out and make sure you come to the show and you get to experience the uh, the, the live experience. I sure will, man. That sounds like a, a great plan. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. All right, Mike. Be good. Have a take great care. day. Thank you so much. All right, take care. Thanks for watching, everybody. You liked this show, didn't you? You really liked it. Well, if you did, go ahead and subscribe to this channel and be ready for some more interviews right here on Real Music. And always remember to keep the music real.